Investing made easy and cool. I bought a company called Hasbro recently, which is the toy company. And the reason for that is they have a division called Wizards of the Coast, and that has a game called Magic the Gathering, which uh, if you ever were friends with a few geeks in high school, they might have played Magic or they might still play Magic. Simple reason is there's a big Netflix show coming around this. And if that does anything for the popularity of the game, like Drive to Survive did for Formula One, then I will be a very happy shareholder as they sell tons of Magic the Gathering cards and games at enormous margins. It's the highest margin part of the Hasbro business. So again, this is something we picked up in premium. Property, I think, is a good play this year. It was the best performing asset class on the JSE last year. As it recovered, I think there's still room for more recovery. And that's a really slick one to put in your tax-free savings account because you don't pay any tax on the great dividends from your, the property funds. So that's where my tax-free savings is focused at the moment. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing easy welcome to the easy does it podcast your cool guide to investing my name is dj at large and we're into part two of our discussion with the finance ghost and getting a sneak peek into his investment portfolio the finance ghost has spent over a decade stalking the finance market and also used to be an investment banker and i want to have a sneak peek into yours i think you've touched on it a little bit but i have specific questions right what are your three favorite stocks or ETFs? Yeah, so favorite's always a great word, right? Because what does that actually mean? Uh, but I can tell you three that I'm very happy to have in my top drawer and ignore. Um, so one is Transaction Capital, which is JSC listed. I've written about this many times. Uh, just wonderful capital allocators, excellent management team. They've done a great deal with We Buy Cars, which is getting huge market share in the sort of used vehicle market. It's a very, very lucrative business if you can get it right. And We Buy Cars came in and addressed so many of the structural issues in the market. I mean, do yourself a favor, go into Gumtree. You will not find any more adverts about people saying, I'm immigrating, urgent sale, please come buy my car. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. Five years ago, those ads were everywhere. Now, what? They just go to We Buy Cars and sell the car and it's done. So We Buy Cars has put a liquidity flaw in that market second to none. And maybe because I'm a petrol head and I watch this market a lot, I maybe have those insights. And they have some great other businesses too. So Transaction Capital, big favorite of mine. Internationally, Microsoft sounds so cliche and lame, I realize, but Microsoft is an amazing business. And even though they are so gigantic, they are still growing really quickly and they have room to grow. I mean, they've recently done a big deal in the gaming space, just as an example. You know, this is a very different company to Bill Gates selling you overpriced software at your local Incredible Connection. It's cloud-based now. There's a lot going on there. They've got social media stuff with LinkedIn really cool company and then my third one is ford and i know this is going to start to sound like i only look at car stuff it's not true but the reason i bought ford and i'm up i think it's about 200 percent now is everyone was just mull about tesla right everyone and it's tesla is going to conquer the world we've got a hundred and what 120 years worth of the automobile to look back on in history and say people like owning different things not everyone wants the exact same car so why are you valuing this thing as though every single human you know is going to have a tesla just not real life there's no doubt in my mind that the other automotive giants are going to put their engineering teams on this and create great products and that's exactly what ford's done in the electric space and they've got some great brands that they can lend to that like mustang and f-150 in their latest earnings they said there was so much demand for the f-150 lightning as much as the tesla model 3 
in the US. All they need is the capacity to build it. That's another favorite of mine and one that I'm very comfortable holding. Ah, lovely. So transactional capital, Microsoft, and of course, Ford. Uh, do you own any crypto by any chance? Uh, no, I actually don't. It goes against my, I, I don't know how to value it and hence I can't own it. Ah, uh, I, I, uh, I see. It comes down to my system, I suppose. But I might do some Bitcoin arbitrage this year, which is a way to just make money on, on Bitcoin pricing differences overseas versus here without actually needing to take a view on Bitcoin. I didn't do it last year. I've been kind of waiting to see that there's no issues with SARS or with the Reserve Bank, but it seems to all check out. Everyone who's done it hasn't had any problems. Actually, I think SARS loves it because they get to tax profits that simply otherwise wouldn't exist in South Africa. It's making money out of thin air and SARS gets a piece of it. So of course they love it. That's something I might look at this year, but no, no crypto. Are there any stocks that you're holding on to uh, because you're convinced they will turn around at some point in time? Yeah, Alibaba is uh, my pain trade. Everyone talks about having a pain trade, one that's hurt you. I mean, I don't even look anymore. I'll look again in five years. I'm down like 50% or something. I mean, it's horrible, horrible. So you're going to hold on for now? Yeah, exactly. And again, it's small in my portfolio. So, you know, it's okay. Like, I can wait. Cool stuff. And are there any stocks that you regret selling? At one point, I sold ShopRite, which was also stupid. I just thought it looked too expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's just kept going. Again, I learned from this. You know, you can apply the sort of textbook valuation stuff and sometimes you can miss out. It's really hard, right? Because with the same approach, I also didn't get caught up in the Zoom hype and people have lost a fortune there. So you win some, you lose some. I think the point is you've got to have a system. Sometimes stuff's going to slip through the system, but on the whole, you should do better. Then if you don't have a system, then you're just guessing. You know, some things you get right, some things you won't get right. But what's important is that you're still in the game, you're learning, you're moving around. And I think that's such an important thing. When it comes to buying shares of a company, I think you've touched on this a little bit. What kind of research do you do? You might want to just recap on that again for us. Sure. So I'm a chartered accountant by training. So your base assumption would be that I go and troll through all the annual financials, you know, note 14, subparagraph B. <laughs> Couldn't be further from the truth. I'm like a reformed chartered accountant. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to offend anyone who uh, spends their lives in financials. But honestly, the truth of it is that financial reporting standards have become so complicated that most investment professionals I meet, they really don't spend much time on that stuff. It's, it's, actually, it's actually really weird and it's a pity. So I focus on the core, most important metrics, you know, basics like revenue growth, margins, what's happening with expenses, what's happening with working capital, you know, is there anything to be worried about there? And it's amazing what you can pick up. So in Magic Markets Premium, we looked at Monster, the international, the beverages company, you know, the energy drink. Yes. A lot of people don't know this, but it was started by South African expats, uh, which is actually a great story. Um, it's also one of the best performing shares in the US over sort of a 20 or 30 year view. Really amazing story. But then we went and looked at the detailed numbers and you know, Monster's profit growth has been incredible in recent years. Then you go and look, okay, well, the operating margins haven't really improved. The revenue growth has been a lot slower than profit growth. So if you do this a lot and you understand that, now you know, okay, I need to go look further down because if profit growth is quicker than revenue growth, it must mean that margins are getting better. That's what the maths is saying to you. If the operating margin, i.e. the actual business is not getting better, then what is? You go and look, oh, the effective tax rate has come down drastically in the past five years because they've been restructuring the business, etc., etc. Now, that's great, but there's a flaw to your tax rate. Like, there's a point at which it can't improve anymore. If your operating margins are consistent and your tax rate is consistent, then guess what? Your net profit is going to grow at the same rate as your revenue. Then you go and look at the revenue growth and you say, okay, it's good, but there's no way it justifies this valuation. It's impossible. Don't buy it. And guess what? Monster share price significantly down from when we did the analysis. So that was not found in note anything to the financials. That is a skim of the numbers on a system that I use called Ticker, T-I-K-R. 
It's like Easy Equity's spirit animal, but in the world of financial data, I mean, they are disrupting the likes of Bloomberg and giving people access to, I mean, nowhere near what Bloomberg does, but like a really good version thereof, where you can go and quickly do this kind of analysis for a relatively modest subscription cost. So that's the kind of stuff that we do. And then there's one other point, which I think will, will hopefully make sense to people who have started their journey of doing more analysis. Someone on Twitter, I think that it might have been, there's an account called Vector Equilibrium, it might have been that account, but I can't be 100% sure, said to me, you know what, all that actually matters when you're looking at the multiple of a company is where it's trading versus where it was trading before. And it's a very profound statement because it's very hard to make a case that a company should be trading at 6x, 8x, 10x or 12x earnings, just in isolation. It's like you can kind of make an argument for it, but a much stronger argument is to say, well, this company has always traded between six and eight, but now suddenly it's trading at 10. So what has changed? Is the business much better? Because if it is, then maybe that's justifiable. But if it isn't, then it probably can't be justified and it's going to come back down into that range. And you can apply the reverse. If this thing's always, always traded at between 10 and 12, now it's trading at seven. Okay, well, is it broken? Because if it's not broken or badly broken, then maybe this is just a wobbly in the market and there's an opportunity here. So that's a very, very interesting piece of analysis that you're not going to find in your in your varsity textbook. Um, another random question that I have for you is if you could have a sneak peek into somebody else's portfolio, who would it be and why? So this is going to sound ridiculous, but I, there isn't anyone. And I'll tell you why. Okay. It's because I firmly believe that if you are constantly trying to do what other people are doing, you're going to lose money at some point. Because what you haven't done then is developed your own way of doing things and learned from it. So I am not one for hot tips or seeing what other people are buying. Genuinely, I mean, I've been having this debate on Twitter in the last two weeks, so I'm very bearish on Tiger Brands. I think Tiger Brands is, uh, is very vulnerable from a share price perspective. But one of the most respected value investors in the market, John Bickard, who's an extremely, extremely talented guy, he's very long in Tiger Brands. He firmly believes it's going up. Now, I could allow that to influence my thinking. And I can see on Twitter that a lot of people have allowed it to influence their thinking. They just go, but John is long. How can you believe that this is going down? Now, John is a great investor, but and I'm sure he will be willing to say the same thing, which is he's also made mistakes in his life. Maybe he's right on this. Maybe he's wrong. But if I just do what he's doing, what am I learning? So I've formed my own view on it. And it is what it is. I'll learn from it either way and, uh, and, and grow from there. So honestly, no, there, there isn't someone whose portfolio I would specifically love to see, genuinely. <laughs> okay, I get you. Uh, what advice do you have for those who are new to investing? Perhaps they're afraid to get their journey started. And I obviously mention what I write here because I think that that's why I do it, right? So ghost mail exists because I'm trying to give people a, a, a foot into the door to make them see that this is actually super interesting, very real world stuff. And that they can do it, you know, if they stick to it. So my ghost mail mailer goes out every Tuesday morning. There's some, actually some very big news coming on that thing in the next few weeks, which I'll be able to announce. And it's a really cool product. Lots of people read it and love it and have learned a lot from it. I write a publication called Insconnect every morning, uh, which again, just summarizes what happened on the market the previous day, but with lots of insights. So these are kind of some of the things that people can check out. Our Magic Markets Premium podcast is, I've never been proud of anything I've ever done in my professional life. That's where Mo and I do these kind of deep dives into companies. It's institutional level work. It's stuff that could be presented at an investment committee, probably at any asset manager. And it's 99 bucks a month and you get four of those a month. So it's, the, it's less than a coffee every week. 
to basically get one of those deep dives and learn from them and have open access to ask us questions. So I've built my whole business around exactly this question, which is how do you help people do this? How do you empower them to actually go on this investing journey? And there are lots of other people like me. There's lots you can read. You know, read the Financial Mail, read Business Maverick, read the stuff that's out there, MoneyWeb, Biz News, there's endless examples. Just read. You can't possibly read enough. Absolutely. Last but not least, um, what's in your current stock pick list for the rest of 2022? What are you looking at at the moment? Questions around like, what could do well in the next sort of eight months? I always laugh because um, the market doesn't know the difference, right? It's not like these companies, the share price is not going, well, if I just have a great eight months, then I can stop. You know, that's not quite how it works. You still have to own this in January 2023, but it's always a fair question. And Always one that has to be answered. So look, the timing is uncertain. Who knows when stuff works or when it doesn't. But I'll, I'll give you an example of a couple of things that I've bought recently and, and, and why, and maybe that answers the question. So in general, I see a theme around uh, microchip supply chains coming a lot closer to America. So at the moment, the US is exceptionally reliant on a company called Taiwan Semiconductor Company, which is, guess what, in Taiwan. Taiwan is right next to China. And unless you've lived in a hole for the last five years, you will notice that East and West relations are not exactly fantastic right now. So you have a scenario where the, a company like Apple is incredibly reliant on a little island off the coast of China. Now that is just not sustainable. And I can see in Ford, for example, in their last earnings, they talk about doing a strategic deal with a US-based chip manufacturer, not on the super high-tech stuff, which Taiwan builds, but on some of the cheaper stuff, which they can use to power other things in the car. You know, the infotainment system needs a fancy chip, but your electric windows don't, to be honest. So I bought Intel recently um, as an example of something that could benefit. And it's a little bit speculative. Intel has been a bit of a dog for a long time. But if this chip thing happens the way I think it will, then maybe it'll do well. And if it doesn't, it's probably not going to go down much from where it is now. So it's one of those nice upside versus downside plays. Um, I still think Ford's got good runway ahead, speaking of Ford, so nothing wrong with that. I bought a company called Hasbro recently, which is the toy company. And the reason for that is they have a division called Wizards of the Coast, and that has a game called Magic the Gathering, which uh, if you ever were friends with a few geeks in high school, they might have played Magic or they might still play Magic. Simple reason is there's a big Netflix show coming around this. And if that does anything for the popularity of the game, like Drive to Survive did for Formula One, then I will be a very happy shareholder as they sell tons of Magic the Gathering cards and games at enormous margins. It's the highest margin part of the Hasbro business. So again, this is something we picked up in premium. Property, I think is a good play this year. It was the best performing asset class on the JSC last year. As it recovered, I think there's still room for more recovery. And that's a really slick one to put in your tax-free savings account because you don't pay any tax on the great dividends from your, the property funds. So that's where my tax-free savings is focused at the moment. And then last thing is a company like Spa is something I own. Um, it had a really horrible few months. It had a really horrible pandemic, to be honest. It struggled to compete because it didn't have an on-demand delivery service like Checker 6060 and Pick and Pay's version thereof, called, which was called Bottles, now called ASAP. And as people are going back to work, they're driving again. Spa's model is very much convenience shopping on your busy routes, so that helps them. And a big the, the share price took a huge knock at the end of last year because they were having problems in Poland 
Now, those problems will probably be sorted out over time. I don't know exactly when the SPA share price will bounce back or if it will, but it's a popular choice at the moment among value-biased investors. I hold it, and I think it's going to have a decent year. Uh, how do we keep in touch with you in terms of your podcast, um, social media, and so forth? Yeah, so social media, I don't do much on Facebook anymore, which is ironic given that's where I started. Uh, Twitter is the only way for me, so that's at Finance Ghost. If you see a little purple ghost, you're in the right place. And if I was going to suggest that people check one thing out, go to magic-markets.com. That's the thing that I do with Mohamed Nala, who I worked with um, in a previous life. And uh, he's a macroeconomic specialist and really good at understanding these business strategies and a lot of the technicals around the charts and all the thematic stuff. And then I do a lot of the really detailed work around it. The combination is super powerful. And uh, we have this product called Magic Markets Premium. As I mentioned, it's 99 bucks a month. That's my best work um, and it's something I'm very proud of because we constantly get emails from subscribers saying, we just don't understand how this is so cheap, but we're just so grateful that it is. And that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Oh man, absolutely amazing. Finance Ghost, thank you so much for being on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. Cooking up a great portfolio with an investor. My, oh my, what a chat. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.